Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer is finally here. Jonah Hill has some interesting thoughts about Instagram. And as the $5,000 quest for the perfect butt goes mainstream, Vox's Rebecca Jennings reveals what they don't tell you about the Brazilian butt lift on TikTok. It's August 24th, 2021. Hi friends, I'm Shyla Watson. And I'm Allie Hayes. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. <laughs> Allie, you're back. Thank yes. you for being here. <laughs> back at it again. I'm like Candyman. You say my name oh enough my times. <laughs> I just appear. Well, speaking of movies, the first thing that I want to talk about is Spider-Man. So after months of waiting and very poor quality leaked versions and you know there were all of those weird like what's the title things and like it became a meme well after all of that the first official spider-man no way home teaser trailer is finally here the entire world is about to forget that peter parker is spider-man wait everyone can't some people still know that's not how the spell works so MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really stop talking. talking. <laughs> what just happened? 
Um, okay, so I saw the trailer <laughs> and my first thought was this is like Marvel meets Inception. Yes, it has right? huge Inception vibes, yes. especially like all the street scenes where yes, stuff's like folding it on like, each right. other. Yes. It is like, where is Liam? Now that's an ambitious crossover. <laughs> Wait. I would watch it. I yeah. would watch it. <laughs> I was like, you might be onto something here. Yes, but I'm excited. I mean, I feel like the first two were so like, cute you know oh totally yeah um but this one seems very like action-packed and like mm. drama filled um and i'm excited that we're getting some more marvel faves um i saw well that's a spoiler never mind <laughs> so, way to tease them way to tease them go watch the trailer guys yes okay moving on Jonah Hill recently shared his theory about Instagram. Speaking with director Adam McKay in a GQ interview, Jonah compared being on Instagram to smoking cigarettes. Um, I mean, it's an addiction, so I guess that that makes sense. I mean, it's a very heavy-handed metaphor, but sure, Jonah. Like, they're both toxic? I don't know. So yeah. He said, quote, it is the biggest killer. It is death. And oh. I fully participate in it like I smoke cigarettes. Again, it's a spectrum of what you find healthy. I have to have really limited interaction with it. He added that he doesn't judge anyone who uses Instagram since he uses it himself. I mean, he even shared his GQ cover to his Instagram grid. <laughs> I mean, I... I I get what he's saying here. Like, sure, Instagram, TikTok, like Twitter, all of the social medias are just like a time suck. You know, they can be a little, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Detrimental. Oh, yes. Ooh, pulling out the SAT words. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, it is school season. That coffee works overtime, I'm telling you. <laughs> but then I'm just like, I mean death is a little bit strong it's a lot i find it very interesting how differently people use the same social media apps because mm. as i was reading this i was like becoming keenly aware that i only use instagram to look at memes mm. so and like to send memes to the people i care Important. most deeply about yes so uh i find it a little aggressive to compare it to death but then maybe i'm using it wrong Right. I feel like when people are talking about how bad it is for like someone's self-esteem or something, they're looking at like body image pictures and like totally you know, that kind of thing. My Instagram feed is mostly dogs. I was going to say I've seen your feed. It yes. is curated into videos of puppies, which I mean, if that's death, someone get me in a hearse yes. immediately. Right. Because... <laughs> right. OK, so I want to pivot a little bit. And talk about butts. <laughs> oh. Okay. That so, segue, girl. I mean, listen. Wash out. <laughs> so according to a recent survey by the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, the number of butt lifts performed globally has grown by 77.6% since the year 2015. And despite the growing concerns about its dangers, the Brazilian butt lift has become the world's fastest growing cosmetic surgery. But what's behind this quest for the perfect butt? That's what Vox's Rebecca Jennings sets out to discover. And she joins us now to discuss how one of the world's most dangerous plastic surgery procedures went mainstream. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, Allie. Hi, Shyla. Thanks so much for being on today. 
Of course. So first, let's talk about what the actual Brazilian butt lift surgery entails. Can you walk us through what actually happens under the knife and how much does it generally cost? Sure. So the BBL is basically one part liposuction, which is taking fat from your abdomen or any other area of your body where you might want it out and putting it back in your butt, basically, to make your butt look rounder and to make your middle look look smaller. And so basically it gives you this like hourglass Jessica Rabbit type of figure. Um, and usually, you know, you'll see doctors I've spoken to that, you know, are, are considered more legitimate. They say that, you know, the minimum you would want to spend on this uh, would be like around $10,000 all like oh. up and up. <laughs> um, but but there are clinics, especially in Miami and other places where plastic surgery is very prevalent. And there's a lot of uh, clinics that advertise for as low as three or $5,000, which you know, that's, that's kind of a red flag when you see a surgery um, oh advertised for that low, because again, it's, it's a, it's a surgery where it's a plastic surgery operation. Health insurance is not going to cover any of that. So, I mean, you mentioned sort of like the Jessica rabbit look, but based on what we're seeing all over TikTok and Instagram, how would you describe the quintessential Brazilian butt lift aesthetic? So I guess the best way I would describe it is like Insta baddie look, <laughs> like, you know, you yes. imagine someone wearing like a tight outfit with a lot of cutouts, you know, they have have like a wig or really long extension. They definitely have acrylics. They have eyelash extensions. They're showing off, you know, their typical influencer inspired aesthetic, not being afraid to be like, yeah, this I'm hot and I am, you know, and willing to invest all this stuff in the way that I look. And, you know, you mentioned influencers. So, I mean, is it fair to say we have these social platforms like Instagram to sort of thank for the reason that BBL has like penetrated the mainstream? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think once, you know, social media has made us all just like very, very focused on the way that we look and the way that other people look. And so visual and aesthetic trends tend to spread super, super fast. And so I think once you have one sort of omnipresent look or body type in the media, then, you know, that becomes the thing that plastic surgeons are are willing to sort of offer you more and more. So it just it's, it's creating this cycle of like, well, this look is everywhere. We don't know if you know Kim Kardashian actually had a BBL or you know if she is just one of like the one in bajillion people who naturally have like a tiny waist and a huge butt. But we know that uh, that plastic surgeons can give you that look. You know if you're willing mm. to pay for it. Totally. So speaking of kind of one look penetrating the entire culture, um, after years of playing to a thinner is better aesthetic, the mainstream media began to celebrate the full figured beauty standard. How and when did we see this begin to play out both in Brazil and in the U.S.? Yeah. So, I mean... I think, yeah, for those of us who grew up in the 90s and 2000s, like your ideal body type was like as thin as you can like physically be. Um, and then maybe you got some, a boob job on top of that. So like the tits on a stick look was just like mm -hmm. so prevalent. Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys remember that. Um, <laughs> uh, not a great time, but it, I mean, it, what's, it, what's funny is that, you know, every, every decade's beauty standard is still, you know, unattainable for the vast majority of women. Like just because, you know, now it's embracing a bigger butt and bigger thighs, maybe it's still you, the ideal body is we're still told is like to have that tiny waist, which is mostly impossible to do. Like just normally, like when you gain weight, most people gain it all over, not just like 
directly in their ass, which would be great if we could all do that. (laughs) A lot cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it would be. But I think, you know, when we start to see social media sort of democratize beauty standards and media and hearing more people's voices, I think there was certainly, you know, a direction of we need to make culture more accessible for more people. But then when we start to celebrate bigger body parts, it's still then churned into something that's unattainable, which is, you know, this Jessica Rabbit hourglass figure. All right, we'll be right back. We've got more with Vox's Rebecca Jennings after the break. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking with Vox's Rebecca Jennings about how the Brazilian butt lift went mainstream. So hiding behind the shallow aesthetic of it all is actually a pretty sketchy past. Cosmetic surgery in Brazil is largely steeped with the country's history of eugenics. Can you talk about that history? So Brazil has a pretty ugly history in terms of Europeans coming over and practicing experimental procedures on the large indigenous population. It's pretty horrifying. I believe the first eugenic society started in Sao Paulo, where you get people deciding that, oh, we want to experiment on these people and and see if we can make them more beautiful. And, and in their mind, that meant white looking. And we can like breed whatever out of whatever we want of them. That's, that's eugenics. It's horrible. It's awful. But from there, you know, Brazil had a lot of doctors who specialized in changing the way people looked. And, you know, about 50 years after that, by the time we get to the 60s, we have the world's first school for plastic surgeons, um, which was also in Brazil. 
And so that the founder of that uh, school was the creator of the Brazilian butt lift, which was trying to create this very hourglass, very feminine silhouette um, that even then um, it was sort of looked down upon as, you know, this was what like the lower classes would want it to look like. Whereas, you know, the European born women of Brazil were very much trying to separate themselves from the uh, indigenous and black people in Brazil. So it has a pretty gnarly history. So that brings us to another red flag, the safety regarding these complex procedures. Talk to us about the regulations in place at many of these centers or lack thereof. So I I think the, the first thing to know is that the BBL is just an inherently really dangerous and scary thing. And that's because, first of all, liposuction is is pretty dangerous already. Tons of people have had complications and death from that. But when you're talking about putting fat, which is a living thing, it's almost like an organ, putting back into your body, it has to like grab onto something and root itself sort of like a plant in the existing fat. But the problem is that when you're putting it into your butt, your butt has these really, really large blood vessels because your butt needs a lot of circulation because you're sitting on it a lot. Um, And so if a doctor should accidentally insert fat into one of those really big blood vessels that are everywhere in your butt, that fat could travel through the through your bloodstream, end up in your heart and your lungs. You could get a pulmonary embolism and die. Um, oh my God. Totally. And it's, it's, it's sort of disturbing to think about. And, you know, in the earlier days, this was much more common complications from BBLs. You had doctors trying to put the fat under the muscle because they thought that it would stick better. And that was really, really dangerous. Um, and you had doctors and you still have doctors with not enough training in order to do this really complex procedure people who just pump out clients as fast as they can, making it even more dangerous. And now that it's so prevalent, you have a more of a regulatory push for doctors that perform this surgery. But the problem is that the medical field is pretty much entirely self-regulated. And so it's really hard to make laws that address these very like complex topics uh, that have to do a lot with sciencey things that most politicians know nothing about. The problem is that you may have a doctor that was certified by some higher medical board in dermatology or podiatry or something random. They can then legally say, well, I'm a board certified plastic surgeon or I'm a board certified whatever they want because technically they are an MD. As long as you have an MD, you can legally open a clinic offering whatever services you want. And as long as that person, as long as your patient is is willing to have you perform that procedure on them, you're in the clear, basically, criminally. Oh, God. Least. Yeah. It's, it's a really big problem. Um, and so, yeah, that's why you get a lot of doctors who really have no idea what they're doing. They, they sign up for some weekend course or in like over the course of a weekend and they're, they're advertised to like pediatricians, like general doctors. So a lot of the times you're just getting people that really don't know what they're doing. So based on all the professionals you spoke to, do you think that the BBL boom will fade out? I mean, is it already starting to due to the growing awareness of these issues? Yeah, I, I think it's funny because the doctors I spoke to were just like, this is pretty much how it works. You know, one thing gets really big for a while. And then when that thing becomes really prevalent, people start walking it back a little bit. So the doctors I talked to said that the clients they get in now, that you know, they don't want you that super cartoonish, like huge, but tiny, tiny waist look as much anymore. They want it to look more natural. Like they just happen to have really good genes or whatever. Sometimes the opposite happens where I think with breast enhancement, which became big in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you started to have really bad breast implants in, in, the, in the first wave. And I think we saw that with BBLs, like just really shoddily done BBLs, where you can very much tell this is surgically enhanced. 
And then when enough people like had the bad ones, people started coming in wanting the bad ones. <laughs> like they would want, mm-hmm. they, they want it to look extreme. And what we're seeing now is, is less like a pulling back of that. And, you know, I talked to one doctor who, who has always refused to perform these. He's, he's like, my job is to make people look normal, his words. And so I don't do the surgery because that's not the way that human body is built for most people. And patients want to come in with these pictures of that are like face tuned or photoshopped that it just isn't really real. So the best way a patient can make an educated choice about where to get any kind of cosmetic surgery is to research as much as they possibly can. Could you share with us some solid resources that people could use for research? Yeah, I think from the girls I talked to that had gotten BBLs, you know, they did a ton of research on YouTube. They they went to Real Self, which is sort of like a Yelp for plastic surgery. People say whether they thought their procedure was worth it, whether they liked their doctor which I think are all really helpful. There are um, search engines you can use to find out whether your doctor is board certified and in what. That's like the most important thing. Like in what are they actually certified in? Uh, because you do not want to be going to get a BBL from someone who is not a board certified plastic surgeon. But but there are a lot of warning signs that I'm glad that people are talking about it more on places like TikTok and Instagram. People are sharing their like journeys um, and answering the tough questions and being real about how much they paid and what recovery was like. Because recovery is really gnarly too. Both girls I talked to, they were like, I wish I had known more because... This is a really, really brutal recovery process. You know, you're not going to get exactly the results that you want um, because a lot of that fat dies in your butt. So it shrinks a little bit. There's a lot of, I think, kind of emotional soul searching that has to go into any plastic surgery procedure as well. You know, doctors are supposed to be trained in kind of gently pushing or turning away prospective patients because maybe there's some body dysmorphia going on. Maybe they felt pressured into it by an outside force. Maybe they have really unrealistic expectations. Um, And so thinking about the more emotional aspects of it too, I think is really important. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been fascinating. (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks so much. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, Instagram is death. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. 
Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.